0: Alright, it's 9.04, praise God, we're going to get started with some prayer, amen. Hallelujah, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this day and for this opportunity, Lord, to come in your presence, Father, before your people, Lord God, and teach your word to your people, Father, teach your ways to your people, Lord, teach your principles to your people, Lord God. The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways, Father, And that's what we want to come to understand, Lord God, is how you operate so that we might align our lives with your purpose, O God, with your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is life unto those who find them and health, medicine, aid, assistance to all our bones, glory to God. I thank you, Lord God, that in him was life and the life was the light of man. Amen. And this is the life that they might know thee, Father the only true God, and that they might know the Son to whom you sent, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're constantly bringing us to understand, Father God, your ways and how you operate, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work that you're doing in our lives by the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name that you take us from one level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory, Glory to God. You're bringing us to that 30, 60, 100-fold fruit in your word, Father. Thank you, Lord, again for this opportunity, Father God. I thank you for those that are hearing now and those that will hear in the future, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, I trust uh, everyone is doing well today. I, um, a lot of things happened this week, praise God. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, what's funny is... Um, it's so, it's so amazing to me how that the world and the body of Christ, uh, where we are now, still have a lack of understanding what the soul of a man is. All right? And the scripture says that the Lord God breathed into his nostrils, and Adam became a living soul. In other words, a soul that could be, have his own personality, have his own life, have his own characteristics and stuff, right? Unique. Every one of us is unique, right? We all have our own operations. But a soul that wasn't offensive to the Lord, right? Because Adam had a spirit, right? And so in that, though, he wasn't offensive to God, right? And, uh, and yet when, when Adam and Eve sinned, right, they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is where the world goes, which is where the Babylonian system goes and um, and he lost the life of god he exchanged his life the presence of god for his own life his soul and mankind again is still doing that today this is why we have a problem entering into the fullness of what god has purposed for our lives into your own inheritance now so the scripture teaches us in first for example romans hebrews chapter 10 28 I, i'm sorry hebrews chapter 10 I think it's 28, hold on. Last two verses, basically. 28, yeah, it starts with verse 28. Wait a minute, am I on the right chapter? Verse 39. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, in other words, if you draw back from living by faith, all right, you pull back, Drawback is the Greek word here that means to draw back, to let down, to lower. In other words, if you uh, if you pull back from your faith toward God and your trust toward God, then God said, "My soul shall have no pleasure in you, mm. in Him." See, we have to understand that that we must maintain, all right, our place and what you have up to this point in your relationship with God. Okay. And uh, But we are not of them, verse 39, that, who draw back. We don't draw back, praise God. And that's what I believe. I'm believing that for myself. I don't draw back, Joseph, brother Joseph, amen, unto perdition. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You see that? And uh, perdition there means destroying utter destruction. We don't draw back to ruin or loss. Okay. So, the reason I'm sharing this is because, again, another one is 1 Thessalonians five twenty three, And that's going to come out in a little while, but it talks about the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray, therefore, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Now, question, body of Christ, where does the Holy Ghost live? Where is he right here inside of you? Is he in your body? Is he in your soul? Or is he in... Or is he in the Holy Spirit? Is he in your spirit? Well, I submit to you, body Christ, that he's in your spirit, man. That's where he breathes that direction, breathes that wisdom, breathes that knowledge and understanding, breathes that inspiration, right? There is a spirit in man. John 17, take a look at this. Verse 3. You know, and this is life eternal, the word life is Zoe, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. See, it's important for us to know the Father, and then it's also important for us to know, right, the Son, whom God has sent. But he said, this is Zoe eternal, this is life eternal. Zoe, God's life. John one four says, "In him was life, Zoe, and the Zoe was the light of man." So this is life, Zoe, eternal. This is the eternal life. This is the eternal life that brings us eternal light, comprehension, understanding, revelation in your spirit. I'm emphasizing that because Jesus said in John six sixty three, "It is the spirit that quickeneth." Who got the revelation now? The Christ, the Son of the Living God, right, Peter. And how did he get that? He got it by the Spirit. Amen? Flesh and blood, carnal, carnal, anything carnal didn't reveal it to him because the carnal man can't see the kingdom of God. He can't understand it. He can't comprehend it. He can't understand and know the ways of God. And I'm saying all this to say something that <clears throat> uh, the life of God, the Spirit of God is in your spirit, man. Right? Holy Spirit. Sanctified, separated unto the Lord. And I pray, therefore, your whole spirit and soul and body. Now watch this. I was listening to a broadcast for a few seconds yesterday on television. Just browsing. Getting ready to lay down and go to bed. And there was this song playing, right? This, this music playing. This, this big, big setup, man. Big, big setup. Piano player, singing, choir, guitars, saxophone, the group, the people. And the song says, uh, how does it go? The Holy Ghost way down in my soul or something like that? Yeah, it goes, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. That's what the Word of God says. i got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. That's what the Bible says. I was listening to that, you know. And these guys, I mean, this organization is teaching thousands, man. Thousands are hearing these things. Millions. All over the world. <clears throat> and that's a song they're sharing, they're teaching. I mean, they're ministering and singing. Definitely not ministering in the spirit, man. I mean, it's all carnal, it's all suke. And I sit there and listen to that, I said, man, that is wrong. Of course, <clears throat> I can't. Recall how many times I've heard a song and, you know, they're scripturally inaccurate about what the soul is, right? The soul is saved. Well, he gets saved a little bit differently, right? He's got to be trained. This is what we're doing here is training people, training in the Word of God. Amen. I'm not preaching the Word of God because these things that we get into in these, in these lessons and these broadcasts thus far have been teaching. And praise God, the Lord will come forth with some prophetic word to keep us encouraged, amen, to keep us strengthened, right? And and the thing about it is, the body of Christ doesn't have a clue. And that's what bothers me, right? And, and, uh, you know, they don't know when to stand up or what's right or wrong. They don't have an inkling of understanding. So therefore, the product that's being produced, it's just all dead works. This is why Jesus could prophesy and say, I'm going to say to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. See, you were coming forth out of your soul. You weren't coming forth out of your spirit. Now, uh, like I said, that song just kind of, it just really bothered me, you know, and I just, sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll hear something and, uh. You know, all of a sudden, man, you feel the righteous indignation of the Lord, the anger of the Lord, amen? And that's what I kind of had a thought about, is that, man, this is ridiculous. This is what the people are eating up. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. Just get down, boy. Golly, man. So I'm trying to tell you that the Holy Ghost is in your spirit, man, amen, not in your soul, all right? Your soul is yours. Amen. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, the latter part of that says, and I'm, no, I'm sorry, let me go to it. 1 Corinthians 6. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Right? This is what we must walk in daily. This is what we're going to be talking about in a little while. It's a call to discipleship. This is a daily walk with God. For you are bought with a the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. He didn't even, he didn't mention the soul. Why? Because the soul belongs to you. You've got to willingly give it up for the Lord. You've got to lay down your life, your suke, your soul. All right? Or Jesus says you're going to lose it. You understand? All right, so, again, that's where your soul, your spirit, man, is the life of God, the temple of God, the place of God, the Holy Spirit of God is in your spirit, man. Amen? Not in your soul, not in your body. Okay? Now, let's get into uh, something that that I want to talk about because, once again, the body of Christ is... uh, Needs a refresher in this subject. And I'm going to talk a little bit about faith toward God just for a minute. And uh, in this particular teaching is called The Circle of Experience. And let me post that outline up. The Circle of Experience. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> All right, that's called the circle of experience. If y'all want to follow along, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on it too long. I just want to cover some, uh, some highlights here. All right, so, and this was, uh, this was taught, you know, back, uh, back in August of 2018. Okay, and uh, I do have the videos as well for those lessons. If you want to listen to it in its entirety, and uh, again, it's. Back, you know, I was doing the best I could with the with the tools that I had at that time for all these lessons and teachings and coming forth with these broadcasts. And of course, I'm constantly seeking to make the product better. And I man, I don't want to put a product out there that's uh, that's uh, you know that's mediocre. I want to give it the best that I have. And so, <clears throat> again, uh, let me go. Let me let me post these two videos up. And this is under the playlist called the uh, Foundational Principles in the YouTube channel. So, there's two uh, two videos here that we'll talk about these things in in more detail. And uh, this first one, like I said, this first part is A. And these were done back in um, in August of last year. So, and then this one here. You know, I want you guys to understand, too, this is not a church, what I'm doing, you know, preaching and teaching the Word of God, right? Because what I'm doing is you can't do it with preaching. You've got to gotta sit down, you got to buckle down, and you've got to get this Word in your spirit, and you got to, tra- you know, go over these outlines, get them, make them a part of your life. Make this the Word, the Word of God that's coming forth, a part of your life. There's the YouTube videos. And uh, so don't, please don't. Call it that or just uh, know that you're getting, praise God, teaching that God is bringing forth to, by the Holy Spirit to get us to understand the ways of God. All right. So let me go now into the outline here. This is called the circle of experience. So in Romans 10:14, how shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? Okay. So you've got to hear it, right? Because we understand, according to Romans 10:17. so then... Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, look at this in, in Mark 4, 15. Right? And, and this is Jesus, the sower soweth the word, verse 14. So the person that's bringing forth the word is the one sowing the word, right? And the person that's bringing forth the word is the one who's sanctifying. The scripture says in Hebrews, he that, both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are of one. So the sanctification is because of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is breathing on that Word. And He's bringing you into a place, cutting you away unto Himself, unto the Lord, in other words. Sanctifying you, separating you. To make you a tool, to make you a tool that He can call forth any time. Amen? So the sower soweth the Word, and these are they by the wayside where the Word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the Word... That was sown in their hearts. And then he goes to describe in the grounds, right? And I'm not going to cover that just to say that Jesus is the one that taught us this. And the Apostle Paul expounded on it and brought even more revelation under it. So, Mark 4.15, Luke 8.12 is another reference to it. I love how as as you get involved in the Word of God more and more and you start noticing the patterns, how that Paul... Taught on things that Jesus laid out there. And he took it and he built it. Amen. And the sons should always take, amen, what they're getting from the fathers. It's called the Elisha, Elijah transfer. It's called the Elisha enterprise. We're the ones, the sons, that run with the vision. Run with what God has given us. As the fathers bring forth their experience and their knowledge, etc., and pouring out this foundation, pouring out the Word of God, and, and then the sons of God take that and build on it. Verse 12, 8-12, Luke 8-12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So you get prayed for, lay hands on you, and they pray for you. You don't feel anything. You still feel the pain, but you don't feel, you know, anything changed. And then... You go away, well, I guess I didn't receive it. No, you did receive it. Because you're in there by faith, right? The just shall live by faith, right? If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. See, if you change that faith toward God in the Word of God, that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you go back from that, well, you're going backwards. Now, you just lost that work of God in your heart, in your body, etc., So the word comes, faith comes, Satan comes to test your faith in the word, not to test the word, cause he knows the word. The scripture says the devils believe and they tremble. He knows the word is true, not to test the word. It's already proven. James two nineteen. The devils also believe and they tremble. Jesus was tempted of the devil. Tested is the word. Luke four one through thirteen. Jesus was tempted in all points, Hebrews 4.15, praise God. <clears throat> For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. Let us come therefore boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain grace and find mercy and help in the time of need. So see, Jesus was tried. No son or daughter of God is going to grow up in the kingdom of God without being tried, tested, proven to see whether they will keep His commandments or no. This is why this is why Israel went through what they went through. They kept falling back, man. They wouldn't pass the test. (laughs) Um. Colossians two fourteen and 15. Let's look at those real quick. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. All right? Praise God. So again, we triumph when we overcome. And when we've overcome in the Word, that's the victory we have. You see, In other words, in your faith toward God, trusting God in His Word, you get the outcome of the result of what you're trusting and believing God for. Right? You receive that fruit. Right? And for the Word's sake, to try your faith and to get you off of the Word. James 1.3, right? James 1.3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So verse 2 says, My my brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. This is precious about this James, the book of James. Again, the principles from Jesus. Just like Paul. (laughs) So the word patience here is the next thing. The word comes, faith comes, Satan comes. You stay in the word. You maintain what you what the word says, and not to see what the word will do, but to see what you're going to do with the word. Hupomena is the word patience. It means constancy, endurance, to remain, have fortitude. Right. James five eleven. Behold we count them which endure we count them happy which endure You have heard of the patience the hopamene of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of ter- tender mercy Very kind in other words extremely compassionate is what the word pitiful means pity for he has pity you see so again, the word comes, faith comes, Satan comes, patience comes. And let's look at this in Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5. And we're calling this a circle of, the circle of experience. Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5. Therefore being justified by faith, okay? Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, the rejoicing is that your hope is that God's glory in the matter is going to be revealed. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, salvation, healing, prosperity, deliverance right? Deliverance from drugs, deliverance from prostitution, deliverance from all these carnal works. You see what I'm saying? The hope, the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. What? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Glory in your tribulation, man. Glory in it. Because you know something. You stay constant. Something else is going to happen. We glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, who hupomone, and patience experience, and experience hope. Praise God. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, amen, by the Holy Ghost which is given to us, unto us. Praise God, man. You see what I'm saying here? The circle of experience. The word comes, Faith comes, Satan comes, patience comes. But if you endure and you maintain your profession, the word that's coming forth out of your mouth, speaking the same as the word because it's in your heart, the word of faith which we preach, experience, you're going to gain experience. And out of that, you're going to gain a greater measure of hope. Because now as your faith grows and as you see God building and moving and manifesting His glory in all these matters in your life, showing Himself forth and showing Himself that He is true, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and shows mercy to them that love Him unto a thousand generations. You see that? You understand and start trusting God on a greater measure. Oh, man. So that, that's called the circle of experience. And uh, there's a whole lot of scriptures there. Uh and I go into some other things there. Was Jesus tried? Sure he was. He matured maturity through suffering. Hmm. For it became him, Hebrews 2.10, for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bring in bringing many us, fully matured sons, unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. All right? And I go into a lot of other materials on that, on that particular teaching that I encourage you all to go through it because we, out of this, out of, as you gain experience and hope, you grow in your maturity and your trust towards God. You, God is bringing order to your life. God was setting you and aligning you to His will and purpose in your life. Now He sees that He can trust you with the Word. Now He starts laying His work on your life. And you start being drawn to the Father. And you begin to understand what His purpose is in your life and why He made you. And why you are the way you are. You see? And coming into that, you start understanding some things about yourself, not to glory in yourself, not to bring glory to yourself, but to honor the Father with those tools and those talents and those abilities and those selections and those callings and those anointings, praise God. Set in the body, amen, as it pleases Him, doing His work, His will, doing His will, which is His word, which is His way, which brings you into his work. Amen. So take a look at the rest of that outline because I know it'll bless you, praise God, because God has a purpose for all of us. And now I want to get into now the the topic for today is the making of a leader, the call to discipleship, and why it's so important in our hearts and lives to walk that, that narrow path of God. Because in that, you're gaining understanding, you're comprehending, you're understanding the way of the Lord. You're understanding what it means to serve one another with gladness. Jesus Christ served us. Amen. He was not, he's not just your Savior and He's not just your Lord, which now again the call to discipleship is coming to understand that God's Word is what dictates your life. And not in a legalistic manner, but after the Spirit. For the Spirit gives grace, amen, for the for, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You start understanding that you're free from the cosmos, you're free from all its systems, you're free from its way and its pattern of thinking. You're free from the religious systems that try to box you up and package you and get you ready to do these all these menial work that, that has to be done, no doubt, And it, but it's still of the wrong order. And God is trying to raise us up and bring us up to understand where we are in the kingdom of God and what our inheritance is and what your purpose is in God. Let's take a look at Philippians 2, 1 through 9. Philippians 2, 1 through 9. Mm. Praise God. If ye therefore, if there be therefore any consolation... In Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but let every man also on the things of others. In other words, don't just take care of your part, but look out for your brothers and sisters. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Amen. but made himself of no reputation, And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness, in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Okay, that's where we're going to stop. And look at that preceding verse. It says that obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, right? Every man has to take up his own cross and follow Jesus. Jesus taught us in Matthew 16. Peter had the revelation, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was feeling good about himself. And then Jesus told him, I'm going to go and I've got to die. And I've got to suffer at the hands of the elders, the Pharisees, the scribes. Right? i got the high priest. I'm, I'm going to go under a tremendous, tremendous pressure from them to get me to a place where I'm going to, they're going to kill me. Man, and then Peter says, Peter, the scripture says, Peter began to rebuke Jesus and basically said to him, think about yourself. We need you here, man. You can't die on us. And Jesus looked at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest the things that be of man and not of God. You're not thinking on the same thing that I'm thinking of. You don't understand the greater purpose here, Peter. And of course, thank God, because of that revelation, the rest of the disciples understood and saw it. And he didn't get it from flesh and blood, right? He got it by the Spirit. But the point I'm making is is that after this, Jesus told him, therefore, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his own cross and follow me. And the cross is that place where you don't allow your life to make a decision outside of God's word. And that requires discipline, discipleship, Training, being corrected the right way. In other words, after the Father's heart. Not after the world, not after uh, the system, right? Not after how they do things and how they try to pressure us, as we're going to see later here. In Luke 5, 27. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's look at Luke 24. Luke 22, 24. Luke 22. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, and they that exercise authority upon them are called the benefactors. Exercise lordship means to have rule, to have dominion over, all right? And they that exercise authority upon, to have power to use authority over them, to master them, to control them, are called the benefactors. You see, they got that title. They got that honor. See, one thing we must understand about the kingdom of God is God doesn't make leaders. He makes servants. The greatest one among you is the one who serves, as he taught us. And then you come into discipleship, training. And then you're a leader. Not because he's making you a leader, but because you are a servant and therefore a disciple. See, in other words, you're, standing, you're out front, right? And you don't even know that you're out front being the example of God. And it's not something that's bestowed on you, right? You're a leader now, the way the world does it, through titles and, and, uh, and, and, and the way the world tries to promote and uh, bring up and so on and so on. You see, the secret of promotion in the kingdom of God is humility. And that humility doesn't just mean that in my mind I'm humble. It means in your attitude and your conduct. For example, you start a new job. And you learn their processes, you learn their ways, but you think in your mind and your heart, you know what, I've got a better way than that. All of a sudden, you start substituting authority instead of representing. Representing that organization, in other words. That individual is not going to... Get promoted or honored in that system because he's arrogant, he knows a better way, he's always got another uh, thought on the matter. <laughs> Not understand that that individual would humble himself, glory to God, as Jesus did. In Luke chapter 2, we see how that he came under his parents, hupotasso, Tasso. He submitted for 18 years doing the tasks of his family and his mother. and The scripture says he grew in stature and favor. And, and honor, right? And so and and with God and man. And and can you understand this that too that you know when you're walking in humility, right? And you're in a position where, you know, you're helping a lot of people, you're doing whatever, you know, whatever you're doing. And and you every time that you represent and every time that you step up to the plate to work on a pro project or a task, there's no attitude coming out of your mouth. You don't have a better way You're not stomping your foot like a little baby, right? And can you understand how that is going to bring favor with all those people that you serve? Every time they encounter you, wow, you know, Joseph does a great job every time. He always follows through, you know. He he calls us up to see how we're doing and checking up, making sure everything's still functional with what we just did or whatever. And Jesus did this for 18 years, tables and chairs, as Brother Jeff says. Brother Jeff is one of the elders from the fellowship that I came from in Marshall that I am from. And he's one, and so, like I said, tables and chairs, right? He he knew, Jesus knew the secret of promotion. And lo and behold, you know, I'm in a situation where I, I've gotten a job now, working. And all I've done was represent them and, and do it to their specification. And now, uh, a position is going to be offered to me. They asked me, would you like to come work for us? I said yes. And uh as a matter of fact, my manager he says to me, Joseph, you brought uh so much maturity that has been sorely lacking in this department for a long time. These other individuals that have been here, uh, you know, they haven't been concerned with the overall goal of what we're trying to accomplish. And you in the in the short time that you've been here, you've you've seen all that. You understand all that. <laughs> I didn't say any of that about myself, right? And he says, all the people that I've talked to, they they, they really like you. I didn't ask for that. that. I was just serving my father, amen. Do it as unto the Lord, amen. Oh my God. But again, the way of God, the kingdom of God is humility, amen. Well, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So again. God doesn't do it the way the world does it. They love to exercise dominion over it. That's the way they do it. They don't understand what leadership is about. Leadership is about taking care of what's in front of you, behind you, and in front of you. Having the vision to see forward, amen? And not, not necessarily trying to, never trying to promote yourself and speak for yourself. Just let the action and the conduct and that spirit of excellence and the, the tasks that are put forth in front of you speak. So now let's go to Luke five twenty-seven. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said to him, follow me. Levi was at the seat of custom, man. Jesus shows us that discipleship is to follow him, not the discipleship of the devil or of the cosmos, which is he is the God of this cosmos, this age, or of the religious Babylonian systems, the babyland, in other words. You know, it's not about going through their programs. Oh my God. So, again, we're talking about the call to discipleship, amen. And how that Jesus definitely called calls us out to follow him. Matthew eight eighteen. Hmm. Now when Jesus saw the great multitude about him, he gave a commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow you, whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first. To go and bury my father and Jesus said unto him follow me and let the dead bury their dead and when he was entered into the ship his disciples followed him what do the disciples do they follow Jesus and uh, and so you see that this guy said let me go first take care of some personal stuff and then I'll be ready to follow you <laughs> Well, obviously he didn't follow him. Luke nine fifty-seven through sixty-two: the priorities of discipleship. Luke nine. See, all this time the word of the Lord has been going; has been going forth the teachings of God, to get us to this place to where we understand that God requires discipleship. From our lives. Luke nine fifty seven And it came to pass as they went in the way a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said, Let the dead bury their dead, and go but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. He was trying to get them to a place where they, they to get him to a place to understand that now because you follow me I'm going to teach you how to preach the kingdom of God not the Babylonian system not the world systems right not the systems of the enemy but the kingdom of God and what's interesting he said let the dead bury the dead in other words if you go forth and do what you want to do outside of what I'm trying to get you to do and understand you are the dead, and you're going to go bury the dead. He was telling them straight up, man. Go ahead home, man. You don't understand? It's the dead that bury the dead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Now, discipleship, amen. Matthew 6, 33, First things first. Verse 32: For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, Joseph. God knows that you need a job, right? And He provided. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself, sufficient unto the days of evil thereof. In other words, we don't need to be worrying and, and, and focusing on, on the matters before us. If we would just learn to cast our care over the Lord and just give it to the Lord and put the word on the matter, put faith on the matter, put prayer on the matter, faith toward God, etc. And leave it in the hands of God. But continue to pray, amen, for men ought always to pray. Amen. And and, and, and God will fulfill that word, amen. He's got to, man. He's a God of integrity. <laughs> Oh my God. Jesus still calls his disciples. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. If he's, He is calling and if you will hear the call he'll do it by the Spirit, by the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. He will sanctify you wholly, perfect, absolutely perfect in all respects. Verse 23. 5, 1 Thessalonians 5:23. And wholeness is complete in all its part, in no part wanting or unsound, complete, entire, and whole. Free from sin, faultless, complete in all respects, consummate, consummate, to end to finish my completing what was intended to perfect, to bring or carry to the utmost point or degree. You know, I remember when I started these teachings, I was asked by the brother, I want you to start teaching a class. And he was trying to give me a a, a scope of time, you know, six weeks. And I showed him these outlines as far as the uh, index. And I said, brother, it's going to take me years to teach all this. And he goes, well, let's just play it by ear. Well, I don't know, I must have did 10 or 12 sessions. And after about the 7th or 8th sessions, nobody was coming anymore. And I didn't let it discourage me. And I just realized that, you know, if they don't want to hear it, let's take it to the ones that do want to hear it, amen. Let's, Let's put it out there, amen. Let's put the word out there in the world, amen. Let's get this... Let's get away a vehicle going here till we can broadcast these messages and they can be heard around the world. And what's interesting, when I was working at an organization, I was sharing with the young lady and sister the kingdom of God, the word of God. I was teaching her, I mean, I was sharing with her about First Corinthians chapter 12, right? Concerning spirituals. And man, that, yeah, that young lady went into a manifestation of prophecy right there in her office. And the thing she told me, she says that Joseph... All this time and training that you've been involved in, all this prayer, all this seeking after God's word and studying the word of God—it wasn't for—it wasn't for, for nothing. She said, "You're going to teach nations, Joseph. You're going to teach nations. It wasn't for you; it was for them." Of course, back then I didn't have a clue what the. What she was talking about and how God would even how how you would even do something like that. What do you mean? You're gonna send me all over the world or what? No. See I was I was thinking carnal. No, he said I'm what you're gonna teach nations. And well now by the grace of God the nations are hearing this. Hearing the teachings, amen. Hearing the teachings that were given, amen. In the times that I went through discipleship training the classes and all the times I spent studying or seeking God and His Word. She said, God is going to redeem your time. I mean, all the time that, in the time that you were backslidden, and now that you've come back to the Lord, God is going to redeem your time. I had no clue what she's she was saying. You know, I, I wrote down as much as I could from that time, and, and, uh, you know to recall and remember this, and the day that it happened, and so on. But um, you now, years later, you know, all of a sudden there's a, a, vehicle, there's a way, and I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, put any premeditation into all this. I just walked in my faith toward God. Amen. In the word. And so I'm just sharing that to say that, you know, I don't believe this is all, right? Obviously it's not. But I do know this, is that these teachings and this word that's coming forth cannot be preached. They must be taught. Amen. And this is why we must sit down and we must go through these outlines and hear these words and then take these outlines when you go home and in your homes or wherever you are and, and break them down, print them out or whatever, look at them on your computer, on your phone or whatever, and go over these scriptures. Amen. Go over it. Get it. Make it a part of your life, right? Romans twelve two: be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're going to understand the good, acceptable, and the perfect as you get into the word. Amen. <laughs> Fellowship the Father, fellowship His Word. The Holy Ghost will breathe on that Word, inspire that Word, quicken that Word, make it alive to you. Amen? Romans 11, 29. See, all these precious, all these precious gifts and talents and abilities that God has put in our lives. The Scripture says that the charismas and callings of God are without Repentance. The gifts, the graciousness of God and what He's poured in you and what He's made you to be and how you are and your personality and your temperament that's been renewed by God, praise God, by the Word of God. All this, amen. He'll never pull it back. He's a giver, man. He gives. He loves to give. You know, I notice that when there's a need, even out there in the world, people respond and they start giving. You know Why? Because they were made from a Father, from a God that is a giver. For God so loved the world, amen? You understand what I'm saying? They'll rally to give their time, their money, their talents, their abilities. At any given moment for for a situation that they may not even know these people, you know. We must sanctify our hearts, amen. Sanctify while we do these things. Our motives must be pure. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, Hebrews 3.1. We're for holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. You see, this this calling, this call to discipleship, it's not me, Brother Joseph. It's your Heavenly Father by the Spirit of God pulling forth this call out there to bring His people to that place where He can get them to a structure to utilize them and and bring them forth and what their purpose is. But you can't understand this without fellowship in the Lord and His Word. 2 Peter 1.10 Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, you'll be walking and provoking good works and doing good works and doing the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Not just in the four walls of a fellowship. And not just when it's organized, because you're being led of the Spirit. So the call to discipleship is servanthood. Jesus, Philippians 2, 1 through 9, I read that. He made himself of no reputation, but he humbled himself and became a servant. Amen. Luke 10, 43 and 45. Luke 10, 43 and 45. Luke 10, 43. I'm sorry, Mark. 43 and 45. 45. But it's so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, diaconia, deacon, servant. And whosoever of you will be the chief must be a servant of all. You see? You can't be out front if you can't serve. Not in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Luke 17:10. Look at these unprofitable servants. So, likewise ye when ye you shall have done all those things which commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do you see the goal is not to to because you're trying to get something. it's, it's all about love of God love towards God love love of Jesus Christ love of the ways of God that eternal zoe of God the life of God you see Luke John 12 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me, that where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. You see, if we serve Jesus, amen, by following him, God will honor you and bring you to that hour of promotion, the hour of power, amen. But not if you're involved in your own foolishness and selfishness and doing it your own way. The call to discipleship is to execute his will. John 5.30 I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. See, if you're representing, then you're sent. Let me say that again. If you're representing the word of God, the way of God, the authority of God, the power of God, the spirit of God, etc. With the talents, elections, selections, calls and all that he's put on your life, then you are sent. Hmm. My goodness. John 5.19 Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatsoever things he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. The Son of God is only going to see, do what his Father's doing. What he sees his Father doing. My goodness. Luke 6.46 Why call you me Lord, Lord? and I why call you me lord lord and do not the things which i say see the lordship of christ is about doing and representing what he has said to us and tables and chairs amen to come to that place where god says about you and me well done thou good and faithful servant this is my son in whom i am well pleased mm. matthew 7:21 we're getting to the end here praise god Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. He that does the will of God is the one that enters into the kingdom of heaven. And the will is the word. The word shows us the way, and the way will bring you into the work. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Manifest is infinis, infiniso, emphasized, to disclose, to exhibit himself to him. Amen. You must keep the word of God, you must do the word of God, and God will show himself to you. Reveal Himself to you. Reveal His purposes and plans. What's the purpose? Why is He showing Himself to you? Well, He's going to tell you something, man. He's going to reveal things to you that you need to know and understand. The next section talks about the nine disqualifications of discipleship, and I'm just going to read through these briefly. We're going to cover them again next week. But in Luke 14, 26, "If if anything or anyone comes first before God, the order of first things, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 9, 24, if he does not prefer his own life, if, if he does prefer his own life, idolatry equals self-love, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 9, 27, if he does not bear his own cross, not Calvary's cross, every man must bear his own cross, he cannot be my disciple. He's not our Savior only, but our Lord. Peter saw the revelation that thou art the Christ. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it unto him, it is by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of God. So we must follow Jesus and we must follow the Lordship, because He's our Savior and He saved us, but now He needs to be your Lord. If He does not count the cost, not the assets that's Luke fourteen, twenty eight through thirty two. You don't count what you're gonna get out of it. You count you just you just measure that you can do it in the Lord, Amen count the cost. If he does not forsake all, Luke 14, 33, set your affections on things above, as the scripture says in Colossians 2, 3, 2 and 3, you cannot be his disciple. If you do not continue in the word, live in the word, you cannot be his disciple. If you do not love one another, selfish and giving and sharing, you cannot be his disciple. And if you do not bear fruit, you must abide in the vine. You cannot be my disciple. You see that? And the call to discipleship, amen, is to each and every one of us daily, disciplining our lives, developing our life with the Lord in relationship to prayer, to the Word, amen, to worship and to warfare, giving us that place where we're strong and being able to come into that place where we're able to war on behalf of our brothers and sisters and our families. Hallelujah. The call to discipleship, amen. It's a very real thing and Jesus is calling every one of us to follow him. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word, Father. I thank you for the word of the call to discipleship, Father God. It's for me and my house, oh God. We're going to serve the Lord, Amen. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name for the Holy Ghost and how you work in the hearts of your people and those that are partaking of your word on this day. And I thank you, Lord God, for those that are here the word in the future of God. And I thank you, Father God, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord God, with the spirit of saying to the church. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name for your faithfulness. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name that you're not a man that you should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent, that you should repent. For have you spoken, and shall you not do it? And have you said it, and shall you not make it good? Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Father. I bless you, Father, and I give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.